Welcome to the Gridiron Crew podcast, an NFL podcast made in Scotland by NFL lovers. This is the AFC West season preview, and I'm your host, Keith McGinty. I am delighted to say that I'm joined by some special guests this evening, and we've got one tired old crew member joining us a wee bit later on um, to discuss the West. Um, I've got a, a, a good friend of mine. Um, on loan, or view a free agent um, from the 90 Minutes Cynic podcast. It's Ian Duggan. Ian, how are you? Hi, good evening, Keith. Yeah, um, I'm very good. I'm in the middle of a week off. Um, I watched the Raiders and the 49ers on Sunday night. Um, we can talk about that as, as we get to it. I don't know that we learned an awful lot. But yeah, no, looking forward to this. Um Starting off in the in, in the AFC version of the West, and then and then yeah, moving over to the NFC later on. So no, looking forward to it. I think uh, we we will get to the 49ers a bit later on. We'll talk about that. It's like a yeah, it's just like a like a boil. You just need to lance it, really, don't you? Um, to lance it, and uh, aye, it was the it was we'll get to that. Careful. We'll get to that. Listen, listen. Um, he's going for a fourth. If you, if you place one, I mean, you can have him for a four. He's, there we go. Uh, he's no good. We'll, talk, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that later on. You're high. Um, also joined by Sai. Sai, how are you, my friend? Very well. Um, it's great to be here. Uh, I've been following uh, the pod for a while, and uh, finally, I'm I'm here on on the big on the big stage. Um, yeah, I, I do I do love a good NFL chat. I'm a I'm a Seahawks fan, um, but I also do like uh, talking to other fans and, and, and hearing their opinions about how things are going or how the season's gonna go or end. Um, yeah, it's it's all part of the part of the fun. Right, so. you, uh, we're delighted to have you on, my friend. Um, as I said, you've been one of the the earlier adopters of the Gridiron Crew. You've been following us from the, the very beginning and we've been very keen to get you on, especially as you know far more about the Seahawks than I do and I don't want to embarrass myself any more than I do in a weekly occurrence on the podcast. So, um, no, I appreciate you taking the hit and uh, coming to tell us all about um, everything that, that's happening up in, in the, the wet city of Seattle. Um, we've got to start with Ian. We've got to start with the, 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 in the AFC West. Going to be an interesting yes. division this year, and uh, we're going to start with the Raiders now. Ian, you yourself are a, a San Francisco 49ers fan, something we'll yeah, talk about yes. in the next pod, which uh, everyone will hear on Sunday. But today, um, we've been tasked with uh, heading to Vegas and finding out everything that's happened there. Well, and that's and you know, it could be good research come next February because, of course, Allegiant Stadium is where somebody is heading to um from the nfc um so yeah the raiders are in i, I guess kind of an interesting spot um josh mcdaniel's coming in last year I, I think you're still sitting with a set of expectations that are really pretty low um mm-hmm. the afc west is is stacked well it's stacked at the top with two absolute giants we're going to come on to um but but we've you know the raiders are really sort of struggling for relevancy so you know i guess the key sort of 
moves that have taken place um, over the over the last six months. Derek Carr has moved on, so um, he is a saint now, and um, very interesting to see how he does down there. So we have, um, I, I don't know like how far I go with this. He could be like the most handsome man in all of sport. Put it out there. You're coming from a biased position there with his uh, with his replacement. Is that you? Oh, Garoppolo, I mean, he is such a good-looking boy. I was in America last summer, and he advertises Subway, and, like, basically the whole thing is just that Jimmy could sell anything with his face. So, so yes, you've, kind of, you've got Jimmy under centre. There was a big drama with his contract. Um, the There were clauses inserted at the last minute that essentially um, allowed the Raiders to void the whole thing. And depending on what happened with his foot injury, um, he he did not start the season on IR. So so he is there. He is the QB one. So um, but they've got sort of more drama um, in terms of Josh Jacobs, um, and he is being um, a good union man from the running back union, and he is refusing to <laughs> take the franchise tag. Um, the the franchise tag for the running backs is just doing its own version of an Arizona Cardinals season. We'll get to that later on. Um, so, so yeah, so he's kind of, he he looks like he might be willing to to do the full set out and see how we got on. Um, so, so I wonder, just that. when you were mentioning the, 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 the inserts into the contract for Jimmy G, you've got to, you've got to respect that. Was that by the, the Raiders that were inserting them? Because Jimmy G moving to Vegas, a lot could go wrong. That it would make the ham ha- the hangover look tame. <laughs> well, and and you know, and again, we'll come on to this a bit later. But Jimmy G's general health um, is probably um, the thing that that Kyle Shanahan got most exasperated with him about. Like actually, when he was healthy, he had yeah. a good record. He was never a great quarterback, but actually, when he was yeah. there. He was good enough to get you to divisional games and beyond. He was never going to win a, never going to win a ring. So, so yes, you've got this Jacob situation. You've got McDaniel's still there, but I, I'm not certain that the fans are convinced. Um, they've the, the free agency um, gone and got um, Jacoby Myers in, and and Devontae Adams is still there. So they've got some talent. They've got some That's good right. pieces. Yeah doesn't really add up to an awful lot of anything. But it, but you, you never know. It could go beautifully. But um when you've got um six games, six divisional games like against these teams, it's it's a hell of an ask for them. Yeah. yeah. It's always um whenever you've got new guys coming on board, um there's quite a lot of experience on that team. And it, it's going to take some time for them to to learn how to play with each other. Um, and I think this is where, you know, really highly experienced players, um, kind of their personalities and their egos, right? They know their stars. They've, 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 they've got a track record behind them. They're not, they're not maybe fighting as hard as some of the rookies coming into the league who are, you know, yeah. just trying to make a name for themselves with every play. And so um, it's always interesting to look at how the, the team chemistry evolves 
um i mean can the coaching and and and, and the staff really bring these guys and make them work together because we know there's talent in there um but the other thing of course is is whether they can stay healthy and 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 deliver which which is important one of the players who left the Raiders, of course, was Darren Waller. I think I had a wee bit of falling out with uh, McCarthy. I think it was uh, McCarthy wasn't invited to the wedding and kind of took it personally. Um, sent him to New York to the Giants for the, I think it was the 100th pick that they got, 100th third round pick, 100th overall um, for Darren Waller. So he was a bit injury prone, but he was still a big, big target. Um, and it would have been a good one for Jimmy G to have. Um, looking at it now, they've got Austin Hooper, um, who's, who's joined the, the Raiders as well. A big target, good one maybe to have on your fantasy team because you would imagine he'll be getting the most of the the, the picks, the passes there from Jimmy G if it's the Hayden uh, for the tight end. But really, the big one there is going to be Devante Adams. He's uh, the main target for the, the team. I mean, he's, he is legit. Like he's he is, um, you know, a superstar, and and they got him tied down. But it's a it's a big ask, and I, you know they were kind of supposedly between Aaron Rodgers and Jimmy G. Um, why do you pick Jimmy G? Um, but unless. Mm-hmm. You've got a sister that you're trying to marry off or something, you know. I think he's, he's happily partnered up, but but yeah, like, I mean, you just and I get it. Rogers brings his own set of issues, and and he's a lot more money, but um, yeah, bit of a mad decision. It really wasn't. You would have thought that he would have wanted to to link up. You know, Rogers loves lighting up with former uh, teammates. Well, that's it. I mean. I mean yeah, I mean the thing is like it, it it's that Belichick style, you know, he 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 fits straight in, you know, he's worked with McDaniels previously. Um yep. so yeah, I, I guess he's he's a trusted pair of hands. Um but yeah, it's a as I say, if he stays fit it, you could get a positive outcome, but as I say, with six divisional games like that, it's it's a hell of an ask. As you say, he's not a bad QB, he's just too safe. Yeah, it's really he's a bit too safe. Yeah. Yeah. And he never and yeah. Yeah. He's always got an Yeah, he's always got an interception in him. It's just yeah. Yeah. Um, there was a comment this week um about uh someone from the 49ers uh organization or, or something saying that you know jimmy g is probably the best qb that they had at, at the niners um in 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 like a decade or, or something like that so he, he does he does seem to have respect from where it's coming from um yeah. from so i think people so yeah so i can't i can't remember what the but statistically like you can you can make any story of statistics he's only behind steve young in terms of i think it's it's not win percentage but it's it's maybe pass percentage he's he's a better quarterback than montana on a couple of stats on paper doesn't doesn't didn't, didn't you know doesn't doesn't quite add up in many other ways but yeah i mean he's yeah yeah it's a, it's a big gamble for them gambling city but um 
he does have that experience, he's been around the league long enough, maybe they're just needing that, that old head um, on that team, he can get a good link up with, with Adams, Josh Jacobs, yeah. and swallows a, a contract that he's yeah, let's not forget his his thirty one, right? So his thirty one uh, next year he'll have been in the league for what ten years. Um, so yeah. his his really his he's got more to give if if he can look after himself, of course, and 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 still be available and fit to play. Yeah. Did you? So we were talking about. I'm just going to ask you about the same. Yeah. Well, I was going to say. So, so Tyree Wilson was the was their their the number seven pick at, at edge, but I, I'm going to go deeper. So, so as I say, watch the the Forty Niners and the Raiders, and essentially blow out win for the for the Raiders. I think that they turned up really wanting to win. Forty ers basically didn't play any first teamers, um, mm-hmm. but the quarterback Aiden O'Connell um, played. A really incredible game, um, and 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 when you compare him to Trey Lance, um, you know he's he's played even um, played more college football than Trey Lance has played, and um, you know because because Lance has, didn't really play much at college, and he hasn't played much in the NFL. Um, so O'Connell was was like and you kind of wondered is 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 there they're kind of a succession thing like are, are they trying to you know everybody's trying to draft a Brock Purdy and actually he looked yeah. brilliant like really really impressive he did he looked really assured um and he was slinging it as well it was just that there wasn't just the the long uh passes into plenty of space it was it was passes into tight areas and he was really zipping them in it was a sure confident performance for the young guy and um, they've also drafted um, the tight end from Notre Dame Michael Mayer um, 6'4", 265 pounds another good signing for them it was an area that they would need to improve on especially with Waller leaving so you can see that being a, a positive for them it should get some time but it, it's a it, the same goes, it takes a couple of years for tight ends to really find their feet, especially in the league. So uh, it'll be a good year for him to, to learn the ropes. Um, anyone else really of note? Um, not, uh, nobody that's kind of like springing out from a sort of draft perspective. As, as I say, it, it, it is about... It's about how he starts to weave together um, some really, some really exceptional pieces and some some more average pieces. Um, yeah. And and how do you how do you how do you make a hole out of that? So, where do you think that the Raiders need to to really focus in improving this this season coming? Um. Yeah. So I think I think I think defensively again they they, they need to. They need to be more than the sum of their parts. Um, you know, 49ers and, and Raiders had a, a really good I think it was week 17. Um was it Stidham, the the backup quarterback got came it, in got it, uh, for Carr yeah. when Carr was dropped and, and it was it was an insane game. And and actually if, if that defense defense had got a couple of stops, um 
everything was kind of clicking on offense for them. Um, so I think, yeah, defensively, you know, you still got, you know, a relatively new defensive coordinator there. So that that really probably is the key. And then keeping Jimmy fit and trying to resolve this situation with Jacobs. Because if not, then, you know, everybody's down on running backs at the minute. But you lose a guy like Josh Jacobs, that's, you know, that's absolutely huge. It's exceptional. Yeah. So, yeah, that they've kind of got a few puzzles to solve um, and, and then, you know, still facing a, an incredibly difficult schedule because of the divisional games, particularly. As you say, even on that side of the, the, the fence, though, they've got Max Crosby. Um, and Max Crosby's skills will gash young players up and down the league. So he's yeah. a, th- a terrific talent and um, someone that uh, I don't know if you watched the quarterback um, documentary on Netflix. And how I did, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. Up, right <laughs> up against Mahomes and gave no quarter at all. And he was a wee bit dirty at times. That guy just wants to win. And you can kind of need that in the team just to change the culture and it's not a part of town they're there to actually perform and they can do something special when the, the black and silver uh sorry anything you want to add there yeah um i've got a uh, uh, trauma from just uh josh jacobs uh, <laughs> run yep. for, uh, in the seahawks game last season um i have to incredible um, I won't be surprised if he has more highlight reels in, in the coming season. Um, yes. And so there, there clearly is talent and, and you know, they, they just need to put it to work. Um, Ian, have you had a, have a look at the, the schedule for the team? Um, so the I think... Raiders? I, I, I think the, I think your standout games, like, they play the Broncos week one and week eighteen. That's gonna yes. kind of set the tone for me. Like if they can, if they can go and and punch the Broncos in the mouth, then then all of a sudden things start to open up. If if you know, and we'll come on at the Broncos in a second. If if Russell Wilson starts to fire and Peyton starts to show that he can he can have that influence on them, um, you know, they, they then they then got Buffalo, Pittsburgh, Chargers. Green Bay, it's it, it's a nasty schedule. They, they've got the um, the um, and they, they play the AFC East, so they've they've got Miami, and it, it's just it's a hellish hellish schedule. Um, the thing that stands out yeah. to me as well is that they don't have the bye until week thirteen. So yeah, not it's really late. Like that, I think that's as late as it can be, isn't it? Like so. Yeah. Yeah, it's tough, tough. And then tough. the the last last four weeks then of the, the season of the Vikings and the Chargers, the Chiefs, Colts, and then the final game as you said against the, the Broncos. That's a. I, mean, I guess that that sort of run Green Bay, New England, Chicago, kind of depending on how they're doing, like. Like that's yeah. it, but then you've got the Chargers before, and then the Lions afterwards, and everybody's hot on the line. There's just like that's pretty much the only run of three games where you're like, you know, quite fancy that. Everything else is is tough. Um, yeah. Not really tough. Standout game for you anywhere? 
Standard game. Yeah. I mean, as I say, I think week one is is absolutely critical for them. So Definitely. you know, they go to Denver and 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 let's see what they're made of because, yeah. Josh McDaniels might not see week 13 because there's not <laughs> many W's. <laughs> Absolutely not. I feel like it just sets the standard for the, the season and how it's going to pan out for them. Okay, um, one thing we're doing that we're dying for is we're looking for a, a player who's going to absolutely crush it this season. Who is that for you for the Las Vegas Raiders? Yeah, so, so, yeah, so I think if Jimmy G stays fit, like, Devontae Adams is is an absolute weapon to use. Um, I I still think that before the end of the year, you're going to see O'Connell potentially start. There is another backup QB, but, um, you know, I think in terms of, of succession and the likely, I don't know, maybe they're going to prove everybody wrong and this is going to come back to haunt me, but... Um, yeah, I I think you might see some time for him because he was he was genuinely very impressive and um yeah if, if Jimmy G stays fit who knows but but yeah Devontae Adams is massive um but they need to get to some sort of agreement with Josh Jacobs otherwise um yeah it's been a long time since we've had a proper sort of full blown sit out um Osio mm-hmm. I mean, always talks about when he's at the Giants and. <laughs> You know, it, it's, it's about fifty thousand dollars a day that they, they, they can get uh, fined up to as well. Fined. It's only so long, yeah. so long that you can. And you, I heard uh, on one of the other podcasts that they, they can't like we took that. They can't get that back. It's, it, I suppose if they do sign that a contract eventually, but the longer it goes on, can you see him getting traded? Josh Jacobs uh, get traded elsewhere, or do the Raiders just? I think they could tag him for another three years as well. Could they just run him into the ground? It's really difficult. I think it's I think it's the whole market with, with running backs at the minute is is that they don't feel that they're getting their value. Um it's a it's a real sort of difficult quirk of the of the collective agreement that collective huh. bargaining that, that you know Okay. Thanks very much, Ian. That was um, comprehensive on the, the Raiders there. Sorry, I'm coming to you next for the Las Vegas Chargers. Um, a bit of a renaissance, possibly, for the, the Chargers this season. What do you think? Yeah, so, um, I mean, the Chargers uh, had a 10-7 record last season, and they, the only team better than them in their division was the Chiefs and hey, Super Bowl winners. Um I can't can't really complain uh, too much about 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 not topping the the, the division. Um, I think they 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 do have great potential. Um, most importantly, in the offseason, they've added uh, you know they've resigned uh, Justin Harbour to a massive five year, two hundred and sixty two million uh, contract. Yeah. So that that's a sign that they're committed. That this is the guy who's going to lead them to. Uh, the promised land, and you know, top top the Chiefs and and top everyone else who gets in their way to to, to get that Super Bowl. Um, I think there is there's you know like like many other teams, there's work to be done. Um, you know your 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 team sports are are not 
focused on on the abilities of one person and so mm-hmm. you know it, it's going to take everybody to step up um to actually you know make it happen now for me um i i do think they have potential um they're not they're not great um but in their division i can see them coming in in the same second position at the end of the season potentially um unless something really bad happens to the chiefs right so um overall i think they're they've they've got they've got a good chance um and hey this is the nfl right um so being at the top doesn't guarantee anything um there could be a an underdog story uh developing here um, and let's face it, you know, they've, they've managed to retain, you know, a few of their big names uh, from the last season going into the next. Um, you know, you've got uh, folks like uh, Khalil Mack, their linebacker, and, um, you know, got uh, various other pieces, Keenan Allen. Um, and, and these guys are are just, you know, you can see, you've seen what they can do and they're not done yet. Yes. Um, so... Again, I do think uh, getting getting in, in, in a good place for each game. Um, I had a look at their schedule. It's it's not exactly uh, a walk in the park. Um, there are going to be some some challenges there, but also it's going to be a task to prove themselves. I just to say, I remember the the, the contract coming through um, at the time for Herbert, and it was around about the time you had Danny Dimes going. Um, uh, the Ravens as well getting the, the deal done there it's incredible how just the, the one stone falling and that started off the other really talented QBs because I think Herbert has that chance that potential to actually elevate himself up into maybe just below the, the Josh Allen and uh, Burrow here. I mean, he's 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 elite, essentially. I mean, and and he's now that like until Burrow signs his deal, you know, yes. Herbert is the is the is the best paid quarterback in the NFL, and and it is rightly so. Like he's, but when you see the teams that are going all in on on quarterbacks like that, they're generally speaking getting Super Bowls or certainly getting the divisional games and that's the challenge with the Chargers is actually how do how do they turn again some some amazing pieces into that taking it to the next level um because well I think for Brandon Staley that the big thing this season is to try to keep these teams fit Keenan Allen missed big chunks of the team uh, the season last year I heard that himself wasn't fully fit for yeah, Joey Bosa was out as well. Yeah, it's it was yeah. Yeah. So and, and I think that's that's the thing, right? Um, you know, if you look at how Harvard performed uh, last season, um it was not as good as the season before that, right? Um and we've yeah. got got to remember this guy, the six foot six uh quarterback, so he's a tall guy. Um his his you know, he was the offensive rookie of the year um in twenty twenty. So he's, he's a huge talent and, you know, they wouldn't throw a massive deal like that on him if they yeah. didn't think that he was capable of living up to the to the expectations. Yeah, totally. So uh, clearly his his uh, leadership and everything that he brings 
um, should should be able to bring the other guys together um, and, and and get them to where they need to be. What about the in the draft? How did the the, the Chargers do in the, the draft? So um, the first round, um, they did have the twenty-first pick. Um, they went with a, a wide receiver uh, by the name of Quentin Johnston um, from yep. TCU, um, and you know clearly that this is a sign that you know they, they need to give Harbaugh more more options, right? More weapons and 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 also clearly just make sure that. Even when guys are injured, you still have capable enough players to carry the load and, and still get you the wins uh, that you need to, to carry forward. Um, the other interesting pick they had um, uh, was um, a linebacker um, uh, by the name of Thule. Um <clears throat> Again, the draft is one of those things. Within a couple of years, you can tell which picks were good and which ones were not. Um, yeah. up, until, up until they actually get actual playing time um, and, and, and showing what they can do, then they kind of, it just kind of, uh, it's, it's like a gamble uh, in a sense. Um, so, yeah, I think I think it'll be interesting uh, to see how they get on with that. They, they did also add another linebacker um, as well in, in the third round um, and another yeah. receiver. So they, they, they do seem to be, uh beefing up the areas where they feel um they're struggling they've struggled or have had weaknesses um and and so time will tell right um we, we already see the the first preseason game uh that they won um which which is actually a great opportunity to, to see the rookies and, and the new faces in the team getting some Absolutely. playing time um and they won that right so um you know can they give them a bit of uh, the rookies a bit of experience uh yeah. you know get them in there quick and hopefully uh get get them as you said they did a pretty impressive record last season um just losing out to the chiefs and we're, we're joined by big chief um studs has joined us now hi studs how are you yeah not bad mate not bad apologies for being late uh, the joys of kids football training and stuff like that so <laughs> But we're just discussing the LA Chargers and um, talking about their, their draft choices there. Just thinking it now, side is um, what do you think that they really need to, to focus on and improving this year? Has it been some of the, what, the draft choices to get their, their secondary um, players that, to give them a chance where the injuries do kick in, that they're, they're still going to have that, that continuity there? Yeah, um, so I, I think their benchmark, if you like, is, is the Chiefs, right? They have to do everything better than the Chiefs to to actually be where they want to be. And, yes. you know, they, 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 they just have a model. Um, they have to find their own style, right? You don't want to do a copycat and try and emulate the, the Chiefs formula. You've got to find your own and, and make sure mm -hmm. that you're everyone's comfortable with it um and you know watching for example um all the qb calls you know it's like a whole essay right um so you know make, making sure that they've got they've got plays that they're all comfortable with that they've rehearsed over and over and 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 hopefully uh will be good enough 
um, against the teams they'll be playing against. Uh, so yeah, I, I I personally think in 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 a one liner they just have to be better in every way uh, that the Chiefs on offense, defense, special teams everywhere. That's a, a totally stud. Yeah, well, that's I think we've we've seen that a few years ago when the Chiefs had the the infamous Legion of Zoom as wide receivers. Mm-hmm. You've seen everybody trying to kind of catch up with them and get these track stars at wide receiver to try and kind of keep up and then realise that wasn't working. So they've kind of tried, they've been trying to kind of change it up. But I think with size, size saying it's the, the Chiefs are the benchmark. And I know we're going to kind of come on to the Chiefs in a minute, but they, they are the benchmark for the con, the their division first and foremost, but also the whole of the AFC and everybody's kind of trying to kind of catch them from that standpoint. So, uh, I, the, regarding the Chargers, it's been close games with the Chiefs um, the last couple mm-hmm. of seasons as well. So it's not as if they've been blowouts, they've been tight um, since Herbert kind of come in and obviously made his debut, his very first game. I think he took it, it went to overtime um, when he replaced was it Tyrod Taylor with the infamous injection in the ribs. So they they are getting closer certainly, but it's it's not as if they're blowout games. Yeah. So, um, any standout games for you in the the, the the start off? As Ian mentioned, that they're playing the AFC East, so they're, they're starting at SoFi Stadium against the the Dolphins. Any games really stand out in the schedule for you? Yeah, um, the divisional games against the Chiefs um, are always interesting, um, and you know they've got they've got two of those. So you know weeks week seven and eighteen, um, they'll yep. be they'll be facing up, and that that to me will will be a really good uh, measure of, of of how they're doing. I think the other uh, matchup I'd really uh, like to see how they get on is against the Bills. Um, you know the, they'll be taking on the Bills on Week 16. It'll be yeah. interesting again to see what they can do there, and you know whether they've they've got what it takes. So, all in all, um, you know the, there's some good games there, and we, we just have to wait for them to to show us what they've got. Fantastic. And who do you feel is going to be the standout player? Who's going to really drag the team on this this year? Who's going to to do a step up, who's going to crush it for the LA Chargers? I think the 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 first first man that comes to mind, um, Justin Herbert, right? Um, um, yeah. You'd really want to see that he's actually worth that huge contract they've thrown at him. Um, so he's got a lot to kind of show, um, but also not just the way he plays, uh, but also his leadership of the team, um, you know, getting chemistry. You'll hear about all these great quarterbacks where they kind of phone up uh, all the other guys in the team or spend time with them. And, you know, uh, on and off the field, um, he's, yeah. he's got to be that leader of that team. And, and they've, they've, you know, with as, as they get better, then, you know, the confidence in him will, will grow and, and hopefully that will motivate everybody else to, to play their part. So um, I'm really keen to see what um, what the end result of that will be. Absolutely, absolutely. Sorry, thank you very much. And that was the, the FT West LA Chargers. So I just switch off a bit. You must have uh, had a wee easy night tonight, but I'm going to come to you next, your beloved Kansas City Chiefs. 
Um, another quiet um, summer for the, the Chiefs. There have been much changes um, to personnel, to coaching. Uh, I think in terms of kind of coaching staff, the obvious one's Eric B. Enemy um, stepping out of the OC role and heading to yep. Washington. Um, obviously, feeling it. I think people maybe feel that Andy Reid's doing more of the play calling than him, so he's wanting a chance to kind of step out the chief shadow, if you like, and, and see how he goes. And uh, it, it really wouldn't wouldn't surprise me if he's the uh, Washington Commanders head coach come, say maybe like Thanksgiving or something like that. Uh, to be honest, um, I think Ron's in a bit of a hot seat just now. Yeah, do you know I would normally I'm probably yeah probably right on this one, but um, there's been reports that um, the players are not happy with his coaching style. Um, uh, he's been chowing them out a wee bit too much. It seems um, he's went to complain, but um, the the the, the Panthers head coach has actually mentioned this in a press conference and so yeah. just thrown them under the bus. Um, seems a wee bit like uh, you know this guy's coming out to take your job and he's just. Been a wee bit nippy about him, just try to undermine him before he even gets there. Yeah, I think I think he's um, he's well known as being a kind of hard nosed, um, hard nosed coach. I think he was he's a former running back, so he's very much used to the kind of rough and tumble of a, of an yeah. offense, and he kind of tries to put that across into his plays. He'd, again, he's he's came for the Chiefs. He's been working on, under Andy Reid for all these years, so he, he's demanding the best of his players. I know it, it rubs some people up the wrong way, and um, LaShawn McCoy's been very vocal in podcasts um, that he's not, let's just say, he's not a fan of Eric B. Enemy, um, to, to put it politely. Um, but I did, Ron Rivera uh, kind of threw him under the bus a little bit at Washington, but then swiftly ta- tried to backtrack the next day and said that it had been taken yeah. out of context and um, he's all for him um, being harder on the players and things like that. But again, he, he's trying to get the best out of these players for me, so... It's, let's let's kind of see how he does out of Kansas and see how he does in Washington. How was your your draft? Um, so, sorry, I, there is a. I was going to jump onto the kind of outgoings. Um, so we've got a few. There was a, quite a few kind of players leaving other um, after obviously the enemy. So some of the kind of high note ones. Um, obviously, you've got Hardman joining the Jets. Juju joining the Patriots. Both of them heading to the to the FC East. Um, Super Bowl winner Melvin Gordon, who done absolutely nothing for us rather than sit, <laughs> sit back and watch. Um, he he's away to the Ravens, but again, I don't see that as a big loss. Um, Ronald Jones joined the Cowboys again. Saw him a couple of times last year. Uh, Andrew Wiley off of the off of the line. Um, he's away to the Washington Commanders as well. He got a, a pretty decent payday off of them. Um, mm-hmm. And again, one one of the ones just just for Brian purely is um, Mr. Anything is possible. Um, we sadly <laughs> lost him to retirement um, this year as well. And a cu- couple of other ones, um, the other OBJ, um, Orlando Brown Jr. joining the the Bengals and crossing that divide. It's it'll be interesting to see if that's going to be a big loss on that line. Um, and then a couple of one one of my kind of personal favourite ones. Um, that was sad to see goes uh, Caelan Saunders. He joined the New Orleans yeah. Saints as well, and I was I was glad to see he got a payday off that one as well. Um, he's a player I, I, I like watching on that D line. Um, then we had one Thornhill, and what, one of the kind of ones that probably influenced our draft. We we lost Frank Clark uh, this year. Uh, we didn't re-sign him. He joined Denver. 
Um, so, and I think that kind of led nicely into our draft picks. Um, it certainly influenced, I think, our first round pick in um, Felix, and I'm going to try not to murder this, Anadiki Uzama. So, hometown boy from Kansas, uh, Kansas, uh, Kansas State, sorry. Um, yeah. So he's he's going to be he's an edge rusher. So he's for me, I see that as just a direct replacement for Frank Clark. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how he does. Um, another, speaking, another, of Frank, speaking of Frank Clark, he's one of the Seattle regrets. Um, you know, the kind of player that that goes away and just does so well in the other team, and he kind of wish you'd you'd have kept them around. So um, yeah, uh, it, it was great. He always seemed to kind of hit form at the right time for the Chiefs' side. So he was literally, you seen him come alive in the last kind of couple of weeks of the season and into the playoffs. You really see them coming alive. And um, obviously the Super Bowl, we start to get those pressures on Justin Hurt, uh, Justin Hurts, Jalen Hurts, joining Justin Fields yeah. and Jalen Hurts there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you certainly see them in the playoffs kind of getting those pressures and uh, on off the edge and, I think it'll be interesting to see if we miss him because um, I'm quite excited to see we've got two young edge rushers now and uh, George Karlaftis uh, who we drafted mm-hmm. last year and then Felix this year so it'll be interesting to see um, another in the second round we drafted uh, one of the probably camp darlings as well and Rashi Rice um, out of SMU wide receiver so again obviously lost Juju We've lost you as well. Uh, Rice is one that, <laughs> that interests so me as well. Oh, you're <laughs> so, back. Right, so, yeah, he lost, lost, Rice. Uh, brought in Rashi Rice. So, he's um, seems to be a kind of contested catch guy. And I think uh, Pat Mahomes, was, he was working him out pre-draft as well. So, uh, Pat Mahomes quite likes him. Um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see... As a rookie, how quickly he's put into the the starting lineup, or whether he's going to have to wait behind Tony and uh, Sky Moore and MVS to kind of maybe get shot and maybe an injury, which we all know Tony's more than capable of picking up an injury or two. Um, <laughs> does he step right in there? So um, I'm I'm interested to see how he does. Um, other than that, sorry, seems to be one that's it's about pace. Go for a wee bit of deep ball as well, and as you say, the big fella can contest it as well. Something that he's kind of missing for all it doesn't seem to be like a star wide receiver that you've got, and Pat Mahomes elevates everybody that he plays for. Um, which he's got Kelsey, I think it's, it's important that you get someone like Rice that can really stretch the game for you. Since, um, Rashi Rice since we lost Hills, probably that field stretch. And I think MVS was maybe expected to be that when he came in last year. And yeah. he can, again, he, sh- he showed flashes, and and they can, especially against the Bengals, when we literally had no receivers um, by the end of that game. And MVS stepped up, and he was, he was Mahomes' go-to guy um, in the AFC Championship game. So it will certainly be interesting to see. Um, if, As I say, if Rice can step up, then it, it could prove to be an absolute steal in the second round. Um, you guys won the, um, the Super Bowl last year. You guys won the, the, the Super Bowl. 
is there anywhere that you can improve? Is there anywhere that you'd like to see the team get better? Um, it's, it's kind of hard to see um, improve when you're when you're coming off the back of a Super Bowl win. Uh, to be honest, <laughs> <laughs> um, I think. Oh, again, you look at the last sort of four years, and it's been Super Bowl, Super Bowl win, Super Bowl loss, AFC Championship yeah. loss, Super Bowl win. Um, since Mahomes, well, and then, again, even when Mahomes became a starter, it was AFC Championship loss to the Patriots the season before. So yeah. we do seem to be always there or thereabouts. And I think as long as you've got um, Andy Reid and Pat Mahomes, I think you will always expect to be there or thereabouts, regardless of who your receivers are just now. And I think last season certainly showed that. Um, it was, as I say, the receivers were like Juju, uh, MVS, and then well, Kelsey will go class him as a receiver in that conversation as well. But um, <laughs> it was literally, you had Kelsey... Kelsey in there and then it's right, who else is open? Right, let's go for it. But we also seen a bit of the run game mixed in there as well and Pacheco coming into his own towards the end of the season mm-hmm. and like said Jet McKinnon as well, um, mixing things up. So uh, for me, I again I, as much as I'm sorry to see Frank Clark leave, um I think it was probably time um, for him to kind of move on and is to get a little bit younger on the on the edge. Um purely because we got Carl this last year. Um, Frank Clark was probably going to be looking for a pretty decent payday, let's be honest, even though he just kind of come off with a very good payday for the Chiefs. Um, I was quite happy to see his kind of draft a little bit younger. Again, I think last year's probably the first time we've seen Spags really utilise his rookies in these defences. He's, he's never been one to kind of do that. And we've seen the likes of um, Watson and McDuffie Again, guys really kind of come into their own on that in that secondary, and hopefully these are guys that, after having a season with us, can can stay, push push on and and keep growing um, in there as well. So yeah, no, I'm excited to see, and I, I think the Chiefs have kind of got a knack of picking up good secondary players later on in the draft, mm-hmm. and hopefully we can have seen that because we we picked up a couple of um, picked up a fourth round DB and. Um, Shamari Corner and in the seventh round we went corner back as well and Nick Jones. Yeah. So we seem to kind of have an knacky of grabbing these guys late on and, and developing them on. So um yeah, not excited to see see that as well. And um obviously we made a couple of big big signings so in um in free agency as well. The main one probably being uh Joanne Taylor from the Jags. Um Who's who's going to be a tackle in there? So it's whether he replaces Orlando Brown on that line, um, yeah. or can it remain to be seen as he going to go in at left tackle? Um, the other two kind of big ones, kind of stealing a bit, stealing one of the Chargers linebackers, and Drew Tranquil um, right. could be interesting as well. And I think the story behind that one, if you've not heard it, is literally when Drew Tranquil had free agency. Apparently, Andy Reid just sent him a message where he was going to make his decision and just said, eh, think rings, think red, think chiefs. <laughs> so, <laughs> eh, so he's trying to kind of influence him that way. And the, the other big one that we got, again, it was an edge player eh, for all the 49ers, who we know last year was a pretty stellar defence. Um, we signed Charles Omenihu for the 49ers, but he's, he's, player, yeah. Yeah, he's picked up a suspension. Again, eh, you, Sai, you'll certainly know him from um, divisional games and same with yourself, Ian. So I think he's picked up a four-game suspension um, at the start of the season. So 
he'll be he'll be missing at the start. The looking at the schedule, you of course get to the open this season against the Detroit Lions. Um, probably he needs to hand over of the back on with the, the way the Lions are, are improving this uh, past year. But really, there's not very much that's, that's happening until you get to week. I'm looking at it, week 14. That's, a, that's the first real challenge, you would imagine, when the the Chiefs um, welcome the Buffalo Bills to Arrowhead. And then uh, week 17, you've got the the Bengals coming to visit yeah. as well. Uh, it seems to be that the big games, the ones that you would imagine be the real test of the, the Chiefs will be later on this season. Yeah, I, I, would, I, I would probably... Um, Obviously, you mentioned Flag Day is going to be interesting, and it'll be interesting to see what the Lions do um, to open the season as well. But uh, that's one that I'd expect. Home game, um, unfurling the banner, the Super Bowl banner, I think the Chiefs are just going to put on a show. Um, but we've got the obviously, you've got the Frankfurt game this year against the Dolphins, um, which I think is quite interesting. The fact that we've kept um, Tyreek Killery for Arrowhead uh, for our home game. I know he's. <laughs> He's uh, had a few things to say about that. Um, but we've got the Eagles as well in week 11. So after we come mm-hmm. back to Frankfurt, we come off our bye week and we've got the Super Bowl replay. Um, so I think that could certainly be interesting. Obviously, the Bills you mentioned, um, and I get the last couple of seasons where the Bills have beat us in the regular season, but they just can't seem to beat us in the playoffs. So I'm not overly stressed about that one. Um, and then... Obviously, New Year's Eve over here. We've got you mentioned the Bengals. That's they've certainly backloaded the Chiefs' schedule. Um, we we kind of playoff games, and obviously, Sai mentioned you've got Week 18 against the Chargers as well. So that could potentially have implications for who's winning the division. Uh, hopefully, it's done and dusted before it gets to that stage. <laughs> um, but yeah, nah, I feel they've backloaded the schedule, and you're seeing a lot of the big games at the back. Yeah. So hopefully, it's when we're hitting our stride. That's when we're playing all these teams. Are you going obvious player for who's going to crush it this year? That that's the thing. It's you, there's a lot of options you can go. Really obvious and say Pat Mahomes and and things like that. But I kind of wanted to sort of stay away from that one. Um, and it's I'm going to go with one of the guys that I did mention. I've mentioned earlier coming into his second season off of the mm. off of that edge and George Karloftis and one of that one there's a, a signed mini helmet he has. Um, so I'm hoping that he kind of steps up and you see him replace uh, Frank Clark and we start kind of flying for there as well. And, um, the other bit I would like to kind of see is obviously Chris Jones signing a new deal because I think he's so important uh, to us and he's, he's probably up there we are in Donald um, in terms of most disruptive players in the league. So he deserves to be paid like him. You've certainly been... Uh... Um, ringing our ears all off-season, um, saying how much he's been overlooked um, in the group chat, certainly, studs, um, yeah. about that. So i be interested to see just when they get that deal done. Yeah, I think it will be done. I don't think there's much panic going on no. there. And, I, th- I think yeah. Brett Veach has kind of come out and said, they said that after the Super Bowl, um, the main priority this off-season was the Chris Jones deal. Um, and again, he's re-emphasised that recently. And I know Chris Jones stayed away for training camp, but he's literally features just re-emphasised the fact that he's like, look, both sides want to get a deal done. We're working on it. There's no panic. So, yes. 
think there's a there's a sort of codependency with Jones and Bosa. Like I don't think neither one wants to go first because they both want to set the market. It's <laughs> like they're gonna have to kind of get on the phone with each other and go right. We're gonna go at the same time because um, yeah. otherwise, like because because Bosa's sitting out for for us at the minute as well, and yeah. we would rather have them in practice than than not essentially. <laughs> Magic, thank you very much, Studs. Um, it's over for me now. I am taking over some duties here. And we did have uh, someone who was coming on to do the, the Cardinals for the next podcast that you're going to be able to hear, but he was also going to cover the Broncos for us. So, um, Stu, you find him on uh, Twitter, I Stu, the Kilted Cardinal. Um, he'll be a bit poorly just now. I hope you get better soon, my friend. And we'll definitely get you on the podcast soon to hopefully hear from him sometime in September. So, it's time to me. I've uh, been doing a wee bit of research about the Broncos, everybody's favourite team to laugh at last season. Let's ride. Um, those Danger Rush adverts um, for Subway were just, were just comic gold, weren't they? But they seem to have got their act together. And they've got rid of Nathaniel Hackett. And we're on in the, the year. And they took their time and they courted them and they got their man, they got Sean Payton. And he's their 20th head coach after, what, 15 years at the Saints. And they won the Super Bowl with them in 2009. And he's now the, the head coach there. Nathaniel Hackett's still on your screens if you're watching Hard Knocks. You'll see him at the, the Jets doing his uh, very own Guess Who, sporting a nice wee tash and goatee trying to his identity after stinking out the place, according to Sean Payton anyway. So that seems to be the big change really there at the, at the Broncos as the, the new head coach. Payton's brought in a, a raft of changes there already. He's brought in a, a new uh, management team. Assistant head coach Mike Westhoff has actually come out of retirement to come and work with him again. Paul Kelly is an assistant head coach to Sean Payton. And brought in a raft of, the, as I said, coaches for the offense. Joe Lombardi's joined them from the, the Chargers and some other guys as well. He's just really trying to make his own stamp on the team just now. And he's getting people that he knows, people that he knows that have worked and worked well, even in working in the division by getting the, the coach for the Chargers. You see, really, even from, from, from year one, want to actually make a big push for changing the this team down and back to the, the glory days. As for players, let's see who did we um, get in. So players that have came in, uh, Mike McGlinchey's joined, uh, the tackle from the Chiefs, is that right? No, um, no, 49ers. No, 49ers, 49ers it was. So, it was 49ers. so he was kind of, he was, he was, he was a bit of a lightning rod for our fans. Um, he was he was never sort of good enough as a right tackle, and yeah. actually he was pretty solid. Um, but I think when it came to it, with everything else we've got on the roster, we just couldn't afford the money he was after, and he got a really good deal with the Broncos. So fair play to him. Um, yeah, yeah, I think he's a decent pickup. Frank Clark was the one who's made his way from the the Chiefs, as Stud mentioned earlier on there. Uh, a big loss for you guys. 
Hopefully not. As I say, it's, hopefully we've done enough to replace him. We're bringing in um, Charles Amenehu and obviously drafting the rookie and Kalaftis, uh, as I mentioned. But it's a good signing for the, the Broncos when they're trying to change their the, the atmosphere in the, the, the camp. He's a good name to bring in. Someone that's been around winning for a long time as well. It's a good pickup for them as well. Uh, a player I really liked last year um, was uh, Samaji Perrin. And he came in for the, the Bengals. Um, so much so that I... Um, I made a terrible draft decision and uh, um, I took him over um, Mixon, who had just come off his 60 pointers in the fantasy league for me. Uh, I, I thought he was done after that, so I took Perrin and he didn't play for the rest of the season. But he's a, a strong, strong, sturdy runner and I think he'll do well uh, with the Broncos. Uh, they also um, got, let's see, who did they get? They get Brett Mayer in and McManus is left. Um, the Broncos, he was always good. I always uh, like to, to take him as well because up in the high altitude, you could get the, the kicks that wee bit further. But the standards been set with the first 60-yarder kick of the, the season. <laughs> Just stuck up. So, <laughs> aye, that was, uh, was ridiculous. I, I must um, admit, I'm just... On, on the Broncos side, I'm actually just loving the fact that Sai's sitting there with a bucket hat on when they've been banned for the sidelines for the Broncos. Actually, <laughs> why is that? Sean Payton, he, left, he came out in an interview in the first pre-season game and said there'll be no sideline interviews, there'll be no bucket hats, there'll be no, basically no messing <laughs> about. Wow, I'm sure you know a hat will not be the game changer on, uh, on the performance. <laughs> never know. Never know. We'll find out. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, was the, it was the sheer fact Garrett Wilson then loaded up and done a sideline interview with the big massive sunglasses, the bucket hat and all the chains shown and he's doing a <laughs> sideline interview at the Jets. It was a, very much a, a dig at Sean Payton, I think. Well, well Sean does like those, Yeah, Sean does like those uh, caps, you know, the open up here. The visors. Um, yeah, so, so maybe they, they might be in fashion now in Denver. Right? There we go. Um, for the graphics, the... We kind of loaded up in the wide receivers. They took Marvin Mims. He didn't actually any ha- have any picks in the first round, so it was, wasn't until day two, pick number 63, that took Marvin Mims Jr. from Oklahoma as a wide receiver. I think he can muffle them a wee bit of pace, but from what I've been reading, he's maybe a wee bit undersized. So maybe a wee bit of a stretch there, but they're leading some targets there. Um, injuries have really been a, a problem last season. We've got some good players already. We've got with Sutton. Um, they just really need some targets for Russell Wilson to be able to get. So he's a, maybe a we'll see if it's a straight pickup, but from the, what I've been reading, it's maybe a wee bit of a stretch. But you never know. John Payton might be able to work his magic there as well. Um, linebacker, uh, cornerback, safety, and a centre uh, with the other picks in the the draft, so mm, nothing really jumping out there. We'll wait and see how they, they get on. I think the highlight of the Broncos draft was all the picks that they gave to Seattle, so we, we're really grateful for that. They <laughs> were so much so. Um, I especially when they saw that who they could have got in the, the first round as well. Um, 
such a, a great high position, which we'd never have thought when the, the trade was actually going through in the first place. So, um, what do you think they, they need to improve this, this season coming? Um, for me, I'm thinking it's uh, it's got to be Russell Wilson. It's got to be Danger Russ. Can Sean Payton work his magic? He's the he's the shiny beacon of that team, and if you can get him looking more than adequate, because the, the guy is a such a talent. He's, he's won Super Bowl before. He's got a other final within glimpse of, of getting a second ring. The guy's a, he's got the experience, he knows what he can do, he just needs to, to just screw the head down. And I think one of the big steps that they did was was helping to change the culture. Russell Wilson lost his affiliated his own office in the building. That's either gone or get moved down to the basement or something. Like office uh, space. People just keep coming to take his his stickler. I think he took it away altogether. <laughs> <laughs> Good that's that does he really need it? If it he should be one of the, the teams, one of the kind of force this siege mentality, get this team working together, and you really have someone above everybody else. I think that kind of goes with the, um, the attitude that he had when he was at the Seahawks, trying to get rid um, of the, the head coach there and the general manager above him and see how it, it's worked out. I think the, the Seahawks were right to get rid of him. Um, as it comes to schedule, week one, I think every team that we've said week one kind of sets the, the standard, the, how the, it's going to go for the, the rest of the year. And the Raiders is uh, who they've got first. Then week five, I think that's the one that we'll all be looking forward to, especially watching in uh, Hard Knocks the following uh, week or two when they play the New York Jets, especially after the, the comments that Peyton had. Did anyone catch the comments? What was it he was saying? About Nathaniel Hackett, it was basically blaming Nathaniel Hackett for the for the utter tire fire last year. Is probably the kind of short end of it. Um, so it just laid all the blame at Nathaniel Hackett. Nothing to do with Russell, um, and uh, it's just it kind of spined for the Aaron Rodgers doing his best Will Smith impression, but keep my coach out <laughs> of your mouth, and obviously Garrett Wilson then having a dig. So it's just all kind of snowballing, I think. So I, think the, I think for the, the Broncos, a big thing for them is that they've got week nine for the bye. And that's a, a, that comes at a really, really good time for them. It's, it's right in the middle of the season. Depending on how the first half's gone, it gives them a chance to uh, regroup and go again. They may have a wee change of quarterback, depending on how well Russell Wilson's been doing. It can be a, a reset for them then, or just give them a chance to recover, recuperate and go again. You get a big push for the, the final part of the season. Yeah, so I think for... with, well, with the Broncos last season, um, you know, from the sidelines, there was frustration from 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 the players, right? And, and you know, it, it seems that some of that, or most of that was directed towards Wilson, right? Um, you know, if everyone feels they're pulling their weight and offensively they're just not, scoring they're not winning games then of course yeah. um suddenly the the chemistry starts to break down um and you know that that's then the beginning of a downward spiral so hopefully with the changes that they've had um they can try to start turning things around of course their division's not the easiest to play in um so that there will be work to do there um but yeah they've got no excuses to 
not have uh, improvements over what they had last season. Well, I think, I think they'd worry his offensive lineman, no call Russell Russell Wilson a sack of potatoes or something like that. Um, just said he was built like a sack of potatoes or something. Just so I think Russ is obviously his high knees in the airplane in the way over to the UK last year was they helped him shed the pounds. So I think he's been working in that this this year from what I've been hearing. Yeah, and, and you know the, the high knees uh, seem to have worked right because they I think they won the London game, didn't they? So maybe, maybe. <laughs> I, just just on the schedule, Keith, I think it will be interesting. Um, you mentioned obviously the bye week they've got. They've literally got KC week six, Green Bay seven, KC week eight. They get into the bye week and then they come back and they're playing Buffalo. So that could be a massive five weeks for them, um, yeah. and how their season's going to go. Yeah, and even bleeding into the following year, if they're, they're just looking for signs of improvement this year, really, aren't they? Um, the player that I think is going to absolutely crush it this year, and I'm not going to go for Russ. I, I, I think he will have a much better year. I think Peyton will get the best out of him. A player that's impressed me in his first season is Greg Dulcic, the tight end, and I can see him continuing to, to grow and get even better and better. I think he'll be a really important player for them, especially if the wide receivers tend to be getting a wee bit injured. Um, I think he can be a, a real life pin in the, the team. Trust you to pick a guy with fantastic hair, Keith. <laughs> I guess, if I could draw it like that, wow, that would be, that'd be something special. Right, guys, um, we're going to cut a wee bit short. This one's been a wee bit over. Um, what we'll do is we're going to go for our predictions for the, the final... Um, uh, standings for the teams and the AFC West this year. I think we could all agree that it's going to be the um, the Chargers and one. Um, Herbert has got to justify that massive new contract of his. Um, <laughs> nah, studs, you have to with it. This is, we'll this is the, the version of the season where the Mahomes ankle finally crushes under his own that, weight that, yeah. <laughs> that high ankle weight of carrying that team for so long yeah. <laughs> I think we, we've seen Mahomes in one ankle in the playoffs just to give teams a chance so it's, it's maybe we go for a full season <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll go for um, at the top end the uh, number one will be the Kansas City Chiefs yeah, yeah. can't see it I, genuinely unless Mahomes and Kelsey both get significant injuries, then yeah. I, I think they'll definitely finish top. Yeah. yeah. Um, number two, the, we're going Chargers then? Chargers. I, I'd be inclined yeah. to go Chargers. I mean, um, unless something amazing happens with, with the Raiders, um, um, yeah, I'm, I'm inclined to lead towards uh, Chargers at the second, yeah. What about... Um, Fourth position is going to be the, the tricky one. Then, are the Broncos going to get their act together? Are they going to be able to outdo the the Raiders in this one? What do we think? I think they're going to be more together than the Raiders. Right now, you can decide. That could be a pretty low bar. <laughs> I just don't know how you trust Jimmy Garoppolo, um, and I'd, not even so much just Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm not a massive fan of the head coach. I don't really think he's done anything um, to show that. So, and I'm just having a quick squint at the Raiders' schedule because obviously I was late to the party. 
Um, probably look at it and say it's slightly harder than Denver's. Um, but I yeah, I'd, I'd... I think if you're looking at it, the Broncos are a, a team in the ascendancy. They are feeling good about themselves. They've got an experienced head coach who is used to winning, who's, who's done the very best he can do. In this league, he's won the Super Bowl. Starfleet, his stock is waning big time. And the team is failing as well. This new, this move to the shiny new stadium in the Abu Desert is not quite working yet. I think they're maybe needing to start that, that rebuild a wee bit early. So we'll go for the Broncos at three and the Raiders at four. Yeah. Yeah, excellent. That's it. The truest predictions you can uh, make sure you share your winnings with us at the end of the season. Um, <laughs> so that'll go ever so well, and it always goes exactly how we, we plan it to do. Gentlemen, this has been wonderful, and um, this has been the cruise preview of the AFC West. Um, we will have the preview of the NFC West coming up, and that should be with you on Sunday. Uh, hear that by the magic of uh, recording you're going to get right into that after this podcast thank you very much for listening if you're watching live stay tuned we'll be back in a few minutes um Sai, thank you very much great um yeah it's great to be here um and really great to hear all your all your thoughts on on, on what's coming up so yeah thanks for having me fantastic a pleasure my friend ian thank you very much thank you for having me keith and studs a pleasure as always yeah, as always, mate, good to talk, good to chat away. Uh, I am Steve McGinty. This has been the Jedi Iron Crew. And just remember, the season just around the corner. But until then, the crew, we'll see you soon.